gold on the go. The precious metal trading above the 2000 mark this week. It is now up more than 8% this year. Guy, you know, the crack staff in EC watching your tweets as they oh. always do. And you tweet that you think this is just the beginning of the move higher. Hmm. I do, higher? Melms, and I think there, there are other people on this desk that would agree. I think significantly higher. I'll give you a few reasons why. I mean, I think obviously this bond volatility, I think all, re, all roads lead to gold on the back of this. I mean, to a certain extent, um, the bull case for gold is exactly what we're seeing now. Couple that with bank failures, and that's one. Number two, everybody might be bullish gold, but I don't think the market is long gold, and that sounds nuanced. It's not intended to be. The hedge funds out there will start getting long gold, but it'll be from significantly higher levels when their systems kick in. They have not kicked in yet. And last year, if you think about this, central banks bought 1,136 tons of gold, $70 billion worth of gold, most since 1950. Gold demand globally is now over 4,000 tons, the most we've seen since 2011. So effectively what's happening here, central banks are hedging their own ineptitude which I love, and if you want to make a bumper sticker, as Dan Nathan would say, have at it, people. Singapore added to its official gold reserve pile last month, February 2023, having added over 51 metric tons of official gold bullion since the start of last year, 2022. For the most part, record-sized government central bank gold bullion buying is being driven by emerging and developing economies. Look back to the last major secular bear market in bonds, and the early 1980 gold-silver bullion bull market mania price tops to get a sense of how far adrift world central banks still are in terms of their current gold bullion allocations. Many of the purple-colored emerging and developing economies here made other major financial news headlines this week, as many are increasingly de-dollarizing or taking fiat Federal Reserve notes and or offshore fiat euro dollars basically fiat U.S. dollars circulating offshore, from being intermediaries in their bilateral trade agreements and currency pairs. Here are but a few examples. The Association of Southeast Asian Nations with the acronym ASEAN is a combined 678 million people who reside in some of the fastest growing economies globally. They are considering dropping the fiat US dollar, fiat euro, fiat yen, and fiat pound as intermediaries in bilateral trade payment settlements. Together, these nations represent nearly one-tenth of world GDP. Remember on this very channel, I've shown you clips of how the BIS is actively assisting countries like Malaysia and Singapore to eventually settle on their own directly with one another using the emerging wholesale CBDC payment settlement platform. Well, what do you think countries like Singapore and Malaysia are doing? Is it not becoming more obvious by the week? Even our supposed European allies are now trading and settling in our supposed rivals, fiat currency units, in order to acquire critical commodities like liquid natural gas. This week, fiat dollar demise clips were played on mainstream media channels like Fox and CNN. We did a video covering that story, and I'll leave a link in the show notes below and in the comment section as well if you missed it. Of course, it's easy to get carried away with all the fiat de-dollarization headlines that are being made and all the chatter that's going on on Twitter and etc. But according to the BIS, as of the end of last year, 2022, the fiat US dollar still remains just under 45% of the fiat currency units used in world trade settlements. In other words, this fiat de-dollarization trade and train is only just beginning its long-term journey. 
Where it eventually leads is likely much, much higher values for gold bullion, the money government central banks are increasingly stacking in record volumes. This week, gold priced in devaluing fiat US dollars finally reached its highest nominal monthly and quarterly settlement figures in history. Looking for technical confirmation of a bull market? Look no further. Hello, this is James Anderson on behalf of SD Bullion. Smash the like button if you enjoy these bullion market updates and share it with those who might find the information valuable. Also, be sure to enter our free Monster Box sweepstakes. Want to win 500 Silver Eagle coins just like this guy? Yeah, this is Kevin. Hi, Kevin. This is Dr. Tyler Wall, CEO of SD Bullion. I'm calling to you to let you know that you won the SD Bullion giveaway of a Monster Box of 2022 Silver Eagle. Unbelievable. That is awesome. <laughs> so click the link below for your chance to win. Good luck to all of you out there who enter our free 500 ounce American Silver Eagle coin giveaway sweepstakes. In terms of price action for the week in the monetary precious metals, the spot silver price rose, closing just over 24 an ounce in fiat USD, while the spot gold price traded flat, still just below the key 2,000 per troy ounce threshold level. This is a key price level that, again, once passed, should prove to become key long-term support. The spot gold-silver ratio as a result of silver strength this week closed down to 81. A bit of SD bullion-related company news for customers to take note of. In a decision we feel is in the best interest for our customers and our team in the short term, and given record bullion demand and customer buying in this month, March 2023, we made some recent decisions that will hopefully help us get back to faster delivery times and order processing out the door products in fully insured discrete parcels. We are temporarily adding a minimum order limit of 500 per order to the website, which should cut down on order volumes, and it should allow us to get caught up in the coming weeks. We're currently seven plus business days behind our normal shipping time, which is typically one to three business days after your payment clears our account. For the time being, we're pausing additional planned promotional on-sale activities while we focus all attention on servicing existing orders in our system. These temporary measures should allow us to better deliver on all orders and reach operational efficiencies faster. We plan to post an update on sdbullion.com weekly until we get back to the standard service and shipping experience our customers have come to enjoy for more than 10 years now. Thank you to everyone's support and patience with us. If you've placed an order with us, you will receive it in full it just might take a few extra days for us to get it out the door. For that, we deeply apologize for it taking longer than it should. I want to start out the second half of our show focused on gold, and then later we'll take a look at silver for all my fellow silver bulls out there. But first, whoever is writing market reports for major German gold dealer Degusa, well, they're doing an excellent job. Yesterday, they published the following. Not over yet. Hold gold and silver. The collapse of U.S. California-based Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank in New York on March 10, 2023 sent shockwaves through the international financial system. It not only sent bank stocks and bank bonds plummeting, but also finally brought ailing bank giant Credit Suisse to its knees. The Swiss bank had to be rescued and was bought by UBS on March 19, 2023. In another wave of market fear, Deutsche Bank, another GSIB, Global Systematic Important Bank, came under pressure. Its share price fell sharply and credit default swap spreads on its liabilities skyrocketed. In the meantime, however, market stress seems to have subsided. It's fair to say that the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Treasury pulled it off. 
The Fed opened its funding spigots for banks, providing them with necessary funds. This washed away the unfolding liquidity crisis, and the U.S. Treasury guaranteed banks uninsured deposits, calming people's fears and giving them less incentive to withdraw their funds from the banks, especially from small and medium-sized banks, and put them into bigger banks. However, it would be premature to say that the banking crisis is over. In fact, sound economics suggests that things could all too easily take a rather red turn. The reason lies in the unbacked paper of fiat money system. In a fiat money system, banks create new money, balances through credit expansion, accompanied by an artificial suppression of market interest rates, thus in turn results in an initial boom, which however, sooner or later ends in a bust, because distorted market interest rates lead to overconsumption and malinvestment. In a fiat currency regime, banks operate with fractional reserves. They hold merely a fraction of their immediate payment obligations to their customers in cash, bank notes, and central bank money balances. In normal times, this does not seem to be a problem. In times of market stress, however, things can get ugly. The latent illiquidity of banks could result in a bank run. Of course, the central bank can provide any cash needed to distress banks at virtually any time. A liquidity shortage can be solved, but an even bigger problem may arise. A liquidity crisis in the banking system may spill over into a credit crisis, meaning investors fear that borrowers could become unable to service their debt. Why? Banks facing a liquidity problem will become more cautious when it comes to credit risk. Their credit supply will become less abundant and more expensive. This results in payment defaults and business failures. It is precisely through such a process, you might call it a quote credit crunch, that booms turn into busts. Banks suffer losses, restrict their credit supply even more, and the economy is headed for recession or even depression. After many years of ultra-low borrowing costs, the central bank's rate-hiking spree is most likely to result in a significant slowdown of growth, if not outright recession. Money supply growth in the U.S. is negative, both in nominal and real terms, a direct result of the Fed's higher interest rates and shrinking of its balance sheet, suggesting a drop in economic activity. Likewise, bank credit growth has slowed considerably and is also negative in real inflation-adjusted terms. Monetary developments are quite similar in the euro area. That said, chances of a substantial slowdown of economic growth, even in a small, even a fall in production and a rise in unemployment are high in what lies ahead. Such a scenario is all the more likely given the rather high level of debt in national economies, which has so far been financed by very low interest rates and now has to be refinanced at significantly higher credit costs. As soon as the first borrowers default on their debts, concern about more defaults will spread like wildfire and the risk of a collapse of the debt mountain rises. What will central banks do in such a scenario? They would most likely prioritize keeping the banking system and government entities afloat and doing whatever it takes to ward off defaults. The objective of lowering consumer goods price inflation comes second. Inflation would be considered a lesser evil worth taking to prevent a supposedly even greater evil. And so, in the end, what started as a liquidity crisis turns into a credit crisis and eventually becomes a currency crisis, meaning people are losing faith in the purchasing power of fiat currency. Against this backdrop, we believe that holding physical gold and silver as a part of a liquid portfolio makes sense. Gold and silver cannot be debased by central banks expanding their fiat currency supplies, their inflationary policies, and the precious metals do not carry counterparty risk as bank deposits do. Most importantly, from our analytical perspective, gold to silver prices are trading on the cheap side. Perhaps this is because many investors expect the banking crisis to be over. We would warn against such a conclusion and say it's not over yet. Better hold at least some physical gold and silver. Well, the only few quibbles I have with the author is that, yes, the Fiat Federal Reserve has been increasing its balance sheet since banks began collapsing earlier this month, wiping away nearly half of its latest failed quantitative tightening cycle. 
and I'd stop calling their fiat currency units money. For to be true money, a currency has to actually store value for lifetimes instead of lose some odd negative 90% or more in purchasing power as they often do throughout an 80 year cycle. Only silver and gold are money. Every other flawed human currency proxy is going to fade away and die valueless in time. They also published this 21st century gold bullion bull market related price chart reminding readers what happened the last time we went through a banking crisis in Fiat Federal Reserve rate cutting cycle where they were again forced to cut interest rates to 5,000 year low levels. They asked the viewer the question, are we here yet again? Uh, yeah, I would suggest so. I, I believe we're at uh, banking crisis, global financial crisis 2.0. And turning now to the other side of the world, to the bullion and high-grade gold and silver jewelry stacking nation of India, a nation who's on the cusp of seeing a silver price breakout akin to the gold price breakout they saw back in 2019 to date in 2023, where they consistently hit record gold prices year after year. Here's the great Manisha Gupta on CNBC TV18 News in Mumbai, breaking down the latest regarding silver from an Indian perspective. A lot of action, by the way, in commodities too. And I want to uh, you know, draw your attention to silver prices and what a strong jump up we've seen in the last couple of sessions itself for the Indian markets. Now it is 72,000 rupees per kg for the silver prices. We are trading at a seven-week highs in the international markets and we are trading around that $23, $24 per ounce mark there as well. So it's a strong, it's a, it has been a big resistance for some time now. Every time the silver prices went to 70,000, we saw some profit taking coming in. That hasn't happened this time and we are looking at strong buying here. So Silver has been taking support from gold and the run-up that we've seen in base metal prices in last few sessions also seems to be supporting. So for the uh, last quarter of uh, 2022, we saw the prices gain up by nearly 23%. And then March saw, March has seen a gain of 10%. For the year so far, though, we have seen 3% of gains come in for the silver prices. When you see the range within the prices itself, it has been a very big one. For last year, we saw the silver prices trading between 51,000 on the lower side to 73,000 on the higher side. We already are trading on the higher side of that range at this point in time. The all-time high for the silver prices have been near 78,000 rupees, which the markets believe that not only silver will cross that, but there are targets coming in for 80,000, 85,000 on the higher side as well by Diwali in this year itself. When you look at the inventories itself, that has uh, seen a constant decline. So whether it has been about Shanghai, LBMA, Comics, the inventories are under pressure. They are the lowest in last decade or two decades in case of LBMA there. So the demand has been on the stronger side from the industrial markets there. For the Indian markets, when you look at the imports itself, we saw a record import in 2022 to the tune of almost 8,000 tons in the Indian markets there. So when you look at that chart, you'll realize that in last three or four or five years, we haven't seen that kind of imports coming into India, the kind of tuning that we saw in for 2022. So record imports until now in this quarter, the imports have not been so strong, but the markets do believe that going forward, the kind of demand that we are seeing from investment, industry, jewelry, silverware, all of that is expected to go up. So this is the chart I was talking about. We have seen very strong gains coming for this one. As I said, more than 9,000 tons of silver came in last year, much higher than what we've seen in last three or four years. Of course, the COVID years did not see much of imports coming in, but the last year was very, very strong. I also want to talk about the silver deficit that the international market seems to be talking about. So last year was a record global deficit that we saw in the global markets at the tune of around 253 million ounces. 
this year, while the deficit is lower, but it still is a strong deficit nonetheless, at around 119 million ounces, with an expectation that the demand is going to be 2 billion ounces. So with that kind of a deficit, the expectation is that the silver prices from these current levels also have much higher to go. All right. Uh, thanks very much, Manisha. Here we are back with our Fiat Federal Reserve note glasses back on our heads, looking at this 21st century bullion bull market in the context of how much room silver has yet to make up just to get back to its seemingly ancient 1980 and 2011 nominal price high level of 50 an ounce. In order to know that you've reached a true bullion bull market mania peak like 1980 for instance, uh, personally, I'm going to need to see exponential moves with silver, vastly outperforming gold, and uh, yeah, we're far away from that moment in time. Turning to the stock market bear that delusional bulls still think has room to run and somehow bull market mania elsewhere, Tavi Costa points out that if it were not for the 15 largest stocks in the U.S. equity markets, the entire remaining stock market would be negative through Q1 2023. He wrote the following. The entire market cap gains for the S&P 500 this year came from the top 15 largest companies. The remaining part of the index actually lost value year to date. Mega caps are masking the issues in the overall market. These stocks are long duration assets that have benefited tremendously from the recent decline in treasury yields. However, the overall cost of capital is likely to remain historically elevated and the valuation of mega caps has yet to reflect this issue. Perhaps even more importantly, the fundamentals of these companies have already begun to deteriorate. Finally, to close this week, silver related, I want to turn your attention to the NASDAQ 100, the tech bubble that has yet to figure out <clears throat> that it's in a bear market. In this index are legendary companies like Apple, Google, Amazon, Netflix, Tesla, yada yada. Of course, they switch them out and cherry pick them as they fall along the way and as they fail along the way. But that is an aside to the major point here. Here is the NASDAQ index on a logarithmic chart since 1991 until now. And basically a 10x over 30 years with two bubbles over the same time frame. Now let us divide it by suppressed spot silver prices over the same time frame and a different picture emerges. Yeah. You didn't even reach the 2000 highs. Anyways, the key here is to look at the 2000 to 2011 bear market beatdown in terms of silver value for the NASDAQ 100. When the high flying NASDAQ took a negative 95% beating versus spot silver prices. Here's a look at what a cascading rollover like that might look like in the future. Now, silver owners, if this comes to play, would likely be ready come 2030s to begin reallocating profits to depressed asset classes such as the NASDAQ 100, yada yadas. In my thinking, that's a possibility of what we're looking at. I suppose we all have a choice then. I know that I personally made mine. And that's all for this week's SD Bullion Market Update. As always to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to give our video a thumbs up. To keep getting bullion-related news and industry insights, be sure to subscribe to our channel. Finally, hit that alert button so you know when we publish fresh content.